in the aftermath of not one, not two, but three horrific events in less than one week, including the Orlando mass shooting, in a city referred to as the happiest place on earth. I wanted to explore the metaphysical significance of this trio of tragedies, how they played out, and what they might signify in a larger, more universal context. Who better to go to than alternative researcher and filmmaker Sean Stone? In this brief but insightful chat with Sean, he shared some of the deep symbology associated with these and other such events, numerological references, eerie messaging, and some recent films, and perhaps most importantly, the alchemical dimension that may be inviting all of us to finally wake up to our own power. Within the span of less than a week, earlier this month, Orlando, Florida suffered a triple blow of tragedies. First, with the gunning down of former The Voice contestant Christina Grimmie outside of a concert venue where she had just performed. And then just one day later, there was, of course, the mass shooting outside of the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, which apparently took the lives of 49 people and injured scores of others. And then several days later, a young boy, while on vacation with his family at Disney World, was apparently dragged off by an alligator and subsequently killed. Horrible, all of them. Three separate events, three somewhat different scenarios, and in one city. Could all of this happen just by coincidence, or is this something more? Well, joining me today is someone you know and love, and who I call my go-to person on the strange and metaphysical aspects of reality, and that's Sean Stone. Sean, thanks for being with me today, and on such short notice. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Pleasure. Great, great. Well, yeah, you know, this, this is, we're going to try to slay this in uh, a way that I don't think others have, at least that I'm aware of. Uh, you know, when I began to string together these three events and notice the absolute irony of three horrific stories happening in a city that's known for being, quote, the happiest place on earth, I thought to myself, there's got to be something to this. This is just too big of a coincidence to ignore. But if there is any significance to these three events happening so close together and in one city, what on earth would it be? I certainly couldn't begin to piece uh, the relevancy of these together, at least not logically. So let's just start out with the big question. Is there some metaphysical significance, Sean? What do you think? Well, it's always metaphysical significance. <laughs> we can take a stab in the dark at it. We can try to, you know, follow our intuition. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, three, definitely by the time the third incident occurred, um, then it was, you know, a lot of people just kind of dismissed it and said, well, try, you know, things come in threes, right? Bad things mm. come in threes or that kind of notion. But again, there's a superstition to it that is probably based in some metaphysical truth. Mm-hmm. Um First thing that comes to mind is that when I, you know, obviously seeing the Grimmy thing, uh, being shot, Grim is her, you know, her name is Grimmy, but Grim, right? It's very uh, uh, <laughs> foreboding. Sure is her name. She was killed, and uh, that was that already kind of sparked some interest in my head of okay, well, I wonder what that was really about. Um, it's a national incident. A famous singer being shot. Was it a pro, you know? Was the guy really just a fanatical fan, or was he a programmed assassin? There's all kinds of questions that come to mind when you see this. But the, the the idea that the same city has a mass shooting the next night really, you know, created red flags in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, because this oh, uh, city back to back, and that's what hmm? I love, you're fading in and out here. I hope we don't have to go through this again. The audience may remember we had to do this uh, a couple of times before. But anyway, continue. You're on. Right. So the point is that uh, people have had. You know, I say when you when you see these two incidents going back to back two nights in a row, it's very rare to see that kind of mass shooting occurrence 
um, and it, it really raises questions. Now, the, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw the uh, the second shooting, the, the uh, gay, gay nightclub shooting, it just occurred to me, well, wait a minute. One guy shot 103 people. How is that possible? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, realistically, it's, you know, you have to understand, like, the notion of, of one of one person being able to, A, be Rambo, to go into a place, or the Terminator, really, going into a place, firing upward of 300 rounds, because that's what it would, would actually require to hit 103 people, killing 49 of them, requires tremendous amount of accuracy and a tremendous number of rounds going off, requires multiple reloads, and if you're talking about 300 rounds, you're probably talking upward of, of 10 reloads, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's, you know, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gay man's nightclub. So you have a lot of men in there, and it's a small, confined space, and I don't care, you know, people might have this notion of, well, gay men are, are, are meek, but quite the opposite. At, at some point, this guy, in this close proximity, you would think, would have been jumped, tackled, something would have, you know, trampled, you know, something would have gone wrong to be that he did it for. So immediately, I think, no, there's at least two to three shooters. And someone, as was reported at the, at the time, actually, one of the um, people at the club said, you know, the doors were being barred. I said, that makes more sense. Okay, if you're barring doors, you have multiple shooters, that's the only way you could actually pull this off. Mm-hmm. But there's all kinds of problems that go with it, right? Because, for example, there's tweets. One tweet says that 11.30 on the night of the 11th, which is Saturday night, the tweet goes out saying... Uh, Oh my god! My goodness! Tell the police there's a shooting going on. Mm-hmm. That's the net, then there's another tweet at like twelve thirty saying I've never seen so many bodies. But according to the police, this shooting doesn't go down till close to two a.m. That's right, and I, I that's <laughs> right, and I did see those tweets. And again, look, Sean, in these these days and times, this conspiracy within conspiracy within conspiracy, meaning that we don't know that it could be that these tweets are accurate. It could be that they've been doctored. But, but again, these, these familiar hallmarks of pre the event, very strange things happening. So yeah. Yeah. Right. So there's all kinds of red flags going off mm-hmm. um, in my mind at this point, because I'm looking at this and just saying, it's not feasible to say that this guy, one person did it. Obviously this whole thing about him claiming to be Islamic state in the middle of the shooting or right before the shooting is just a joke. I mean, a, uh, you could you could claim affiliation with anything, but what is what is motivating him to claim affiliation with Islamic State when he's actually closer to Taliban? Um, and actually, if you look at his his ancestry, he's Afghani. His father is actually very active within the Afghani political community. Some people said his father's even running for president of the country. So obviously, some even dating back to some relationship with the CIA, going back to the nineteen eighties. So you have all these red flags coming up around the shooter himself. And at the other hand, you, have to, you know, there's the other argument that perhaps the original mass shooting was meant for the Friday night incident at the concert, and it went wrong. So they then re- quickly regrouped to do the second shooting. It's, you know, again, it's, it's tough to know the, the, the actual logic. At the end of the day, it all fits into the, the narrative, though, of what the government wants, which is to create fear, and as you said, you know, to put uh, panic into people because even the happiest place on earth can be subject to these mass attacks uh, and ultimately work towards this notion of clash of civilizations, fear of Islam, fear of foreigners, fear of weapons. I mean, you name it. It's just the entire fear paradigm locking in, to people, how do you say, attaching to people 
at a time when uh, we should be awakening on a very spiritual level to a new reality, mm -hmm. which is people are waking to the fact that, look, we know that these governments are controlled by financial parasites, that our lives are really, we're more threatened by things like cancers and, and pharmaceuticals and the food we eat and even being in a car, driving a car or um, you name it, basically. I mean, there's so many things to be more afraid of in life if you really want to be afraid mm -hmm. than of uh, shootings and, and, and terrorists. But they want to create this, they want to keep this paradigm. Right, right. right. So and again, like you think about the... Interesting from a symbolic level, what I see from the Orlando stuff. So, if you know, if, if you take, for example, I, I, right after the shooting, actually, the next night, I went to see Civil War, the Captain America film, right? Mm -hmm. This is all about the notion of the global takeover of uh, the New World Order concept, right? The global takeover of, of the Avengers, the idea that they have to, sub to subvert national sovereignty to the notion of a global order. And what's interesting is in the first two scenes of that movie, there are a couple of codes given out. One, in the first scene, they, they, they referred specifically to AR-15s, which I thought was interesting because there's such a, a push right now to ban the weapons, the bullets for AR-15s, and that was apparently the assault rifle that was used in the club shooting, right? Uh -huh. So in the, the Civil War, which came out two months before the shooting, to, for them to say, well, the, the, you know, the bad guys, whatever it was in the first scene, they've got AR-15s. I was like, that's, that's interesting. Of all the assault rifles to choose, you right. really a certain agenda here. Okay, AR-15s. The second, the second scene of the movie, uh, Tony Stark specifically mentions a number. And it's always, you know, I always pay attention when they, when they issue numbers, because oftentimes you'll see a 33 or a 13. He said the number 611. He said, I'm giving, I, I spent $611 million. Well, 611, that was the night of the shooting. Sure was. Wow. June That's 11th, I did notice that. Within 11, of course, having its own metaphysical significance. But yes, continue. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, so that was the night of the shooting, and that basically is in the, right in the middle between the, f the first shooting, which was the girl, you know, the girl uh, Grimmy, and then the, the gay shooting that, the next night. So 611, which is in the scene following the mention of the AR-15s, I said, wow, okay, there might be even more, I'm sure there's more symbolism in there, but, you know, boiling down to the Civil War context of the red and the blue, right? The red and the blue, the Democrats, Republicans, the, the Masonic Red Lodge and Blue Lodge. I mean, that's all kind of, that's the overt symbolism of the film. But it was interesting to see that those two uh, pop up, the AR-15s and 611. Mm -hmm. The other movie that people are pointing out is in relationship to this kid being eaten by the crocodile, which is, uh, or was it an alligator? Alligator. Rep it was an alligator. A reptile. <laughs> yeah, a reptile. Which is, you know, in a way I joked, but, you know, I said, you know, it's, it's, it's really sad to hear that a kid was eaten by an alligator, but maybe the reptilians are just showing themselves in their true form. I was going to bring it up. I was going to bring that <laughs> and, up. Yeah. They're basically taking this kid as a sacrifice to the reptilians, right? there hmm. In ancient Egypt, look, in ancient e Egypt, there are a lot of references to the walking reptiles, the, wa the crocodile-headed walking serpents and things like this. Uh, and so to have this notion of a sacrifice to the uh, crocodile god, in fact, uh, there was a crocodile god in ancient Egypt, but I can't remember his name. Mm -hmm. uh, I know what so you're talking about. Sobek, Sobki. Right, yeah. right. We we certainly know that the the crocodile, um, half half crocodile, uh, half human, uh, 
image has been depicted uh, numerous times in ancient Egyptian art, which I've seen personally while being there. So, well, you know, <laughs> let, let me just bring up this because you, you're you're going right there, and I yeah I I don't I don't know that there's any event where we could just abstract out or say there haven't been any very uh, strange sort of esoteric symbolic references. But let me let's go back to this whole idea of. Uh, Orlando being known as the happiest place on earth. And I have to be honest with you, until I did a little research on this, I don't know that I thought of it that way or that it had been referred to that way. But, you know, here's something else, Sean. Do you think there's some sort of a prophetic message there? Could this in some way mark or threaten an end to whatever semblance, whatever semblance we have left of happiness on this planet? I mean, I know that would be a pretty dire prophecy, destroying happiness, but I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. Well, I think that was always a facade. I mean, Dis- everyone knows, everyone, anyone who knows anything about Disney understands that there's a long fascist relationship, there's a long relationship to the military-industrial complex. Um, you have, uh, I've heard rumors about underground military facilities uh, in, or in at Disney World in Orlando. Um, even some allegations I've heard from people that, off the, you know, off the record, I'm not sure it's, it's hearsay, but saying that the... Um, Number one, a few years ago, we had the zombie outbreak of about five incidences of people going zombie and trying to attack and eat people, and it was all ascribed to a, a mass, a, an epidemic of, of uh, what was it, epidemic of salts, bath salts? No, I can't <laughs> say. No, I haven't heard of that. You don't remember this? No, I don't, actually. Oh, well, 2012, well, 2012, there was, uh, it was about 2012, 2011, 12, right, that time period. There were about five people that got attacked and eaten, uh, basically by by people that were trying to eat them. And uh, the the allegation was that they had eaten bath salts and gone berserk and basically just lost their minds. Um, it poses the notion that suddenly there's an epidemic of people eating bath salts in different states and how uh, having the same zombie like reaction. No, I, the, what I heard was that they were they were working a military test. Um, Regarding zombies, and uh, and they, yeah, they, so they have there's footage of it. It's really bizarre. You can find it on YouTube. It's you footage of people some, attacking people. Yeah, send me something. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I, that's something that I, for some reason, just escaped my attention. But wow. yeah, so so I think actually uh, Florida was one of the places where one of the first incidences occurred, and um, and I understood as I said I, as I heard from hearsay that actually it was part of the military under Epcot, which was involved in uh, let's say creating that uh that zombie <laughs> so so anyways the point is that, that disney world has always been a very uh sort of how do you say nebulous place yes there is there is the notion of being happy and having rides and kids but whenever you have a lot of kids there's also going to be pedophilia there's going to be a uh, uh, perversion of the children that's where you want to target them right mind control begins at the young age so it's a, it's it's fertile for that reason but there's something else about orlando that people have to recognize I noticed before, actually, just it just occurred to me, but I noticed a few months ago. I said, "What's what's with the or or door, D O R?" Because there's two films that came out recently with door in it. Mm-hmm. One was "Hello, My Name Is Doris," and the other one was being fi- was Finding Dory. So I said, "Door, door. What is door? Well, door in French is sleep to sleep, but if it's D upon, okay, mm-hmm. what is Orlando or?" Gold land. 
Mm-hmm. Just so I'm going to stop you for a minute. You're, you're definitely, you probably can't tell, but you're fading in and out. So I'm trying to be patient. Audience, be patient with us because he, he's coming back in. I don't want to break this line. But just so you know, Sean, go ahead, continue. Mm. So as I'm saying, so, so of gold, door is of gold. Well, or is gold. So having or in three major titles recently is drawing attention. My, as I said, my name is Doris. So that's got or in it. Mm-hmm. Finding Dory, finding the gold, and Orlando, gold land. Gold, so, gold land. Right. Gold land. Can, can I just interject something? Because I think this will, I, I'm going to tag team with you here. I looked up the word Orlando and just really on a, on a cursory level. Um, and the, the first thing that came up to me was famed land, famous or famed land, and uh, in some cases, heroic. Let me just say this. So, so the famed land kind of reminds me of the gold aspect, if you will, famed or, you know, of riches. Also, there's a character in the Shakespearean play, As You Like It, back in 1599. And here's probably one of uh, this, uh, the the most famous lines. Uh, Of course, the one of the main characters, the name was Orlando. One of the most famous lines in this play is, quote, all the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man in his time plays many parts his acts being seven ages. So, indeed. Indeed. Well, there you go. So, right now, I'm just saying that if to have Orr and Dor and Orlando in these, in these titles, in these films, is bringing prominence and bringing energy to it for a reason. Um, as I'm saying, I think that the gold is spiritual, and I think they're trying to do things to negate that alchemical gold that people are now being able are now able to approach and recognize more readily and especially to recognize the fact this was a Bilderberg weekend when this mass shooting occurred so it's almost again it's distraction from the real issue the real issue is not 50 people being killed in a in a in a nightclub whether or not they were killed whether or not they were crisis actors whether or not people really did die and some did some didn't the point is that we are in a much bigger situation of conflict that's created and ultimately, it's it's created to create to, to perpetuate this fear and perpetuate our our notions of having to submit to uh, international authority and having to submit to uh, the powers that be, let's say, as opposed to recognizing our own power and overcoming that fear mm-hmm. and taking away taking back our own sovereignty, our self sovereignty. So that's really I see where the the game being played. And by the way, on another symbolic level, before I forget. The uh, the child the child getting eaten by the gator was just fascinating because some, as people point out online there was a movie called Pulse in '88 oh. and the ki- little kid in the movie is walking around with the gator board that's what oh. the bottom of his board says a skateboard says gator so again it's just like these realms of of, of this is a shock. Right, so it's like here's a yeah, how you say the name itself is already indicating what's going on to the psyche. This is the first. I I fear this is the first of more to come. Yeah, a lot see. of people are feeling that way. Absolutely, these mass shootings. And again, it's it's not going to be some Muslim fanatic that's running around doing these things. It's going to be programmed assassins, or it's going to be uh, false flags. You know, a stage with with uh, you know anything from from Blackwater type of um, mercenaries. Um, to just false flag events where no one is killed, but it's staged and looks to be a mass death. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, what we're on the cusp of. Mm-hmm. And again, it has a lot to do with 
the financial situation because the U.S. is in well, we've been bankrupt, obviously. Obviously, we've been bankrupt since the 30s, but we're in a situation where the markets themselves uh, are looking at some kind of precipitous collapse. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how quickly we're talking. I mean, I don't know if it can be averted. I'm not sure exactly what strategies will be used to to uh, to control the situation. But as far as some of the predictions are concerned, you're looking at anything from martial law type of lockdowns around this... Uh, um, What's it called? Uh, the FEMA camp, the FEMA, the FEMA um, drills in the fall in the co- on the northwestern states here. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a real drill. There could be an actual earthquake event, a major event, whether created or not. We've seen this. We've seen that the um, all you know all the major faults around the world around the Ring of Fire have been going off over these last years. So it's just a question of when North North America gets hit as South America has. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things that we're on the edge of, and again, it's it's sometimes you have to recognize that these these pulses, these shocks, are really meant to uh, wake you up, and they're meant to actually in, enlighten you if you're able to go there. And That's it's a right. Test. It's I a agree test with you. To say where do you want to take this? Where do you That's want to take your consciousness? Because yeah. yes, these disasters and collapses have to occur. It's an alchemical process to reach the goal. You have to go through these dark dark phases. And it's a question of finding out who you really are. What do you... On a spiritual level, not just the physical plane of, of, of believing in these ideologies or governments or power structures or money itself. It's saying, no, there, there are more important uh, things to our reality to focus on. Absolutely. I agree and with you. Yeah. This darkness will just be a test on our soul. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you brought that point up, uh, Sean, because I, I've referenced that several times again, really just in sort of contemplating the, the, um, hideousness is a word I use a lot, uh, of these events and how, how, uh, exponential they're becoming. And then really just thinking about, okay, is this what we think we're seeing? Is it what we're seeing? And the why, you know, again, as much as it's tempting, particularly in conspiracy circles to want to blame a faction that we can, uh, so to speak, put our hands on, we can, that's physical. There is perhaps this alchemical dimension that God forbid <clears throat> we have to go through these things that are so heinous in order to wake up, but it could be that we've gotten to that point. And so that this is a very natural or even quasi-natural process that it will take that um, indeed to wake or to at least test the level of awakeness we can achieve. So I agree with you on that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's really, that's what's up. Um, these are all wake up. These are those alarm clocks that go off. And it's just to re- to recognize. Mm-hmm. Don't want to buy into this uh, these systems and these you know these 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 concocted civil wars and conflicts between brothers. I mean, really, it's like you know Trump and Hillary. They're they're ultimately cousins. I mean, that's the, the truth of it. Is they go back to you know whether it's ninth or tenth you know tenth uh, degree uh, cousins. It goes back to England. Their their power structure. Yeah. So. Oh, you're to kidding. play into that game, so that can continue. Mm-hmm. You're really cutting in and out here, but we're going to try to bear. We're, we're almost at the back end of this, but yeah, there there are lots of things uh, to think about. Um, but again, the you know.
if we were to talk for a minute about it, I, I think all of this has a synchronistic undertone. That's that almost seems like too benign of a word to use in this scenario of these three events. But again, you know, I like to think of synchronicity as not not always being a pleasant thing. And maybe this goes underscores our point about that alchemical process. And there there really is a silver lining, and that we need to be woken up. Only can it be done in this way. But looking at synchronicity, and I like to think of it as a universal language and. Uh, synchronicity, again, we tend to align with things that are uh, for our benefit, you know, um, uh, or, you know, some some meaning that needs to be derived from it. But if it is that universal language, if it is the universe speaking to us, I think the universe can play tricks on you too. It can be a trickster at times. There's, there's still perhaps an underlying meaning, but I would just call this some crazy, incredible, synchronistic uh, series of events. And, um, and and this is why it's important to have this kind of a conversation. I said prior to myself, prior to our little chat today, I hope that, you know, people will begin to look beneath the headlines and start to ponder such things. Because you, you and I both know, Sean, that the majority of uh, people still wouldn't even broach this dimension to, to the story. And I do think that this too is a test to see how much are you looking Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, look closer. Question everything. Those. That's got to be your your motto. But at the same time, it's all. Ex- it's not. Nothing is external to you in this life. As you mentioned, synchronicity. Synchronicity is the language of the universe. Mm-hmm. Comes in co- to contact with you is meant for you to uh, in your discernment to gauge and recognize how does it reflect your own experience of reality and is it true to you. Uh-huh. Is it if it's excessive? It's if it's superfluous. If it's unnecessary, like then walk then walk away from it. You know, walk then just ignore it. it don't don't let that color and, and color your perception or your reality. You see, that's what they want. That's why media does these things. Media casts their spells constantly so that they they need your attention. If you turn your attention away, it's like a child that that you know don't give it your attention. Right? So, like if the child's being bad, it's like don't give it your attention. Turn your attention away. That's what we need to do. And on the whole, we need to turn our attention away from these blathering idiots who, who are only there to distract you and to captivate you and to captivate you into their spell. That's what it is, to capture, right? To capture, capture your mind, to capture your imagination, to capture your emotions. Mm-hmm. Do you think at this juncture they are as successful in capturing the emotions uh, with these sorts of things. I, I mean, it seems like on the one hand, people are tuning in depending on how large a story is. On the other, it seems like they become ultra desensitized. So are they even being affected emotionally anymore? Yeah, because desensitization is a problem, you see. We're in a situation where we literally have probably more refugees on the planet than ever than ever before. You have still as many people dying of hunger as ever in history, you know, dying of, of lack of water. I mean, basic needs, and we have no care. You have wars in Syria that you're creating, and all you can argue about is whether or not you should accept the, the immigrants who are fleeing that situation, you see? Mm-hmm. Okay. I gotcha. We're, having, we're literally dissociating from, our, from what we're creating. We're feeding into a system that is a satanic machine and that creates, that immiserates and impoverishes people around the world. And at the same time, we want to just kind of numb ourselves to that reality and then keep feeding into that machine that tells us to fear our, our, our fellow man, to fear them. They're foreigners. It's like, no, they're our fellow man. We need to work together towards a better future, not look at them as some kind of other that needs to be feared or attacked or blamed. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the enemy is within. <laughs> yeah. The United States, the enemy is right here. Yeah. You know, just recognize it and call it what it is. Right, right. Well, it, it'll be interesting as I survey the, 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 the mainstream, if you will, to see. And I have heard from people that are starting to relent a little bit and saying, oh, I don't know, I'm starting to question a little bit, or I don't know if I'd buy that, but I still think we have a long way to go. So unfortunately, it may take many more of these sorts of anomalous, I've been using that word a lot lately, uh, events to, to take place in order to begin that process, alchemical or otherwise. So. Well, listen, we're going to wind down, my friend, but uh, before we go, tell me what you got going on with, with Enter the Buzzsaw, etc. <laughs> Absolutely. Buzzsaw is online. We have great interviews every every weekend that we air. Uh, EnterTheBuzzsaw.com. And then Watching the Hawks on RT, mm. a nightly news program. I think the best news program, I mean, the best news programs are, are, are on RT. We cover issues that the mainstream media does into that one that last part was completely cut out okay Okay. our friend skype is at it again (laughs) so Uh, yeah well well. anyway so rt uh rt.com people can check out on art you know online or on they can watch it and then we have a comedy out called paranormal activity security squad people can go online and, and and watch it for free and it's a you know it's a comedic approach to ghost busting and ghost hunting and that whole world wow Always a lot of great stuff, multidimensional stuff going on with you, Sean Stone. Well, we'll make sure to have all the, the relevant links uh, as well as uh, a couple things that we talked about in this this chat that I'd like you to send to me, have that linked up with the show. So again, don't hang up. We're going to say a proper uh, goodbye after, but I'm going to sign off for now. And again, thank you for coming on such short notice. Always appreciate you. No problem. Thanks, Alexis. In the short span of 30 minutes, we managed to be interrupted a total of 16 times. But even with the constant break in dialogue, I hope that you were able to extract something of value out of this very important discussion. This isn't just about conspiracy, nor is it just about the esoteric elements to these and other such events. Perhaps in a way that many, if not most of us, can understand at the moment, these highly disturbing calamities just might be an opportunity to fully awaken and align with our own inner and individual power, a power that is and always has been squarely within our reach. I also want to add that despite the speculation on the part of some about the motivations for any, if not all of these tragic events, for anyone, including the victims and their families who are now marred in grief and sadness, Let the universal light of love and of forgiveness always be with you and carry you to better days. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to Higher Journeys Radio. I'm your host, Alexis Brooks. 